Luke chapter 8. All right, our text this morning <clears throat> is, um, is it's a story that you're probably familiar with, and we're just going to read a few verses. Uh, verse 22, Luke chapter 8. It says, One day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? And that's it for today. So this is very clearly a story about faith. What does it mean to have faith? And I want to suggest to you that the story gives us three ways of thinking about faith. It's a little bit different than... I think a lot of Christians today are thinking about faith. So bear with me and let's see if, that's, if we can come to some understanding of it. So first of all, Jesus wants His disciples to trust His plans. Trust His plans. So when we read this story, we usually want to focus immediately on the fact that Jesus has the power to calm the storms in our life. Jesus calmed the storm, right? He can do it for me. He can do it for you. And that's true, right? What's the storm in your life? And this is what most pe- preachers will come to this text, and that's kind of what they focus on. And we, we will talk about that. But first, we need to deal with this. Jesus... Put them in the storm. Whose idea was it to go across the sea at this moment? It wasn't Peter's idea. It wasn't John's idea. It was Jesus' idea. Was this storm a surprise to Jesus? Did he seem surprised when they woke him up? Why did Jesus put them in danger? Why did He lead them into the storm? And this is the hard truth. Sometimes the Lord leads us directly and intentionally into troubled waters for His own reasons. And before we rejoice over the miracle, which we should, But we first need to deal with the fact that God puts us in the storm on purpose. That's what He does. In fact, it's all over the Bible. The Old Testament clearly portrays God as the author of the wind and the waves. Jeremiah 51 says this, 
When God utters His voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and He makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and He brings forth the wind from His storehouses. Psalm 148, verse 7, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling His word. God commands the storm from beginning to end. If and when it snows in Mississippi tonight, God put it there. However many inches we get, God knows. He put it there. Peter was one of the men in the boat. <clears throat> and Peter would later realize this, and he would, in, he would use this truth to encourage people, other Christians, who were being tortured for their faith. Some of those Christians were even being burned alive. And listen to what Peter says to them. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. Now, I mean, think about this. He's saying, don't be surprised if you get burned alive for your faith as though something strange were happening to you. That's bold. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. What's he saying? He's saying, trust God's plan even in this. Jesus can calm the storm, but first we must realize that God leads us into storms for a reason. And according to Peter and Jesus in other places, the primary purpose is always the glory of God. When we look at our circumstances and, and everything around us seems to be falling apart, it's not going as planned, it's not what we expected or what we hoped for, and it's beyond our control as it always is, right? We're encouraged not to hang our heads in despair, not to be afraid. Instead, we're meant to turn to Jesus. We're meant to turn to God. We're meant to trust Him to trust His plans, His good purposes for our lives. That's the first thing that we learn about faith. The second thing is that Jesus wants His followers to trust His presence. Okay, so trust His plans, trust His presence. Jesus is literally sleeping. And that's my favorite thing about this story. My family jokes about me that, that I can fall asleep anywhere, and it's true. I can, I'm, I'm the person that can fall asleep on the bus with, you know, crowded with teenagers. And 
I can sleep on a plane. I can sleep anywhere. I'm not sure I could sleep through a storm on a rowboat. <laughs> That's supernatural. But they have to wake Jesus up. He's taking a nap in the middle of a storm on a boat. And this isn't like a cruise ship, right? This is like a fishing boat with no roof. And dude is asleep. And they have to wake him up. And what do they say? We're all going to die. Because that's what they think is going to happen. In, in Mark's gospel, Mark also tells this story. In Mark's gospel, they also ask a question. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to die? And isn't that the question that we ask? It's incredibly easy from our perspective to look at the world and ask that question. <clears throat> global crisis after global crisis. Local crisis after local crisis. Personal crisis after personal crisis. Does God even care? And I, I ask this question sometimes too, right? Is God up there taking a nap? Is he falling asleep on the job? And thankfully, I, I believe that, that God, that Jesus is just as patient with us as he was with his own disciples. Because you understand our perspective is limited. And because of that, we are always tempted to ask the question, why? Why is this happening? Why doesn't God do something? Why is he letting me suffer? And the Bible's answer to these questions is always the same. You won't find a different answer in the Bible. God does not give us the details that we want about the present. He just doesn't do it. But He does give us two things. And He always gives the same two things to everybody in the Bible who's asking this question. He gives a promise and He gives His presence. Number one, the promise. Jesus told them the destination. If you're paying attention to the story, what does Jesus say? He said, let us go to the other side. That implies that they will make it to the other side, right? Which means no matter what happens between here and there, doesn't matter we're going to make it to the other side. That's the promise. And if they had taken Jesus at His word, they would have never been afraid. Think about life from the perspective of a young child. And if you've had young children, or if you remember being a young child, right? There's a limited perspective involved. 
in everything that they do. There's a lot to learn when you're a young child. And there are times when children are afraid because they don't have a bigger perspective on things. And so what do we do as adults, as parents, to help them not be afraid? We make them promises, don't we? Things like, if you jump, I will catch you. I promise I'm right here. I'm not going to let you sink in the pool. Right? I remember teaching how to ride a bike and how many times I have to say, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. I promise I won't let go until you learn to balance. And you understand, God filled up a book with promises that even when things get difficult, the end will be worth it. He's told us the end of the story. You realize this, right? He's given us the end of the story. When we get to the other side of the lake, of this life, He's given us the end of the story. He has made promises. And if you think about the promises that we make to children in those moments, what is it that we're really promising? Not only that they will be safe, but that we will be with them. I'm not going anywhere. I am here with you. You can trust me, right? And that's the real answer to the question, doesn't God care? Or why isn't He doing this? It's because number two, not only does He tell them the destination, Jesus put Himself in the storm with them. He's right there. He doesn't just send the disciples into the storm and fix it from a distance. He's literally in the boat with them. And Jesus would promise them many times that no matter what they faced in their life, He would be with them. Now listen, it's okay to ask the question, does God care? God, do you care? Do you see? Do you know what's happening? You can ask that question, but God doesn't promise that He's going to explain every detail. God does not promise that He's going to take away the storm immediately. He does in this instance, but He doesn't always. What He does promise to every single one of the things that you're worried about. He promises that there is a destination and that He's going to go with you. Every single one of them. Trust His plans. Trust His presence. Finally, Jesus invites His followers to trust His power. The disciples 
vastly underestimated Jesus. They've seen him do some pretty amazing things that involved other people. <clears throat> Healings, forgiveness of sins, things like that. But for some reason, this one really makes them afraid. Luke tells us, right, he calms the storm and immediately they are afraid because they underestimated Jesus. They didn't know he could do this. They're amazed by it. They're, they're afraid because of it. And so I want to ask the question of us, what happens when we underestimate God? It, it leads to fear. The only reason that you and I as Christians would ever be afraid of anything is because we've underestimated God. It's the only way that's even possible. And that's essentially what it means to lack faith. It's to assume that God is either not powerful enough to help or that He's not interested in helping. All of these men believe in God. All of them believe that Jesus was sent by God. But that's not faith. And there's a, there's a, a bad definition, a bad perception of faith that's really common in the church right now as if faith is this like magic dust that if I have enough of it, I can get God to do something for me. Right? If I just have enough faith, then all i got to do is pray it a certain way or say it a certain way or um, you know, show up in church or do the things right. If I do the things just right, then God is obligated to help me. <laughs> that's not faith. That's not trusting God, that's trusting me. In the very next story that we're going we're gonna to read this next Sunday, it's one of my favorite stories. I say that about everything in the Bible, but anyways. Um, in the very next story, Jesus is going to confront a man who is possessed by a legion of demons. And the demons immediately recognize Jesus. They knew exactly who Jesus was. They knew exactly what Jesus was capable of. They did not question His existence as the eternal Son of God. They weren't doubting whether or not God is there. They weren't doubting whether or not Jesus could calm storms. They, they see Him and they immediately know Him and they feared Him because He's their enemy. They didn't have any of the doubts that we struggle with. So if that's faith, if that's all faith means is believing something about God, well, guess what? James 2 says it. The demons already know everything there is to know about God. They hate Him. So it's not what we're doing. It's not what I'm believing even in my head. It's about trusting Him. Because if we're followers of Jesus, then we're no longer God's enemies. And that means that we have nothing to fear. Why would we fear a storm 
if we believe that every day our lives are really in the hands of God. Why would we be afraid? What do we have to fear? You understand these men in the boat are just as safe in that boat as they would have been in their beds at home. I mean, if God's ready for you to go, He can take you like that. Or He can sink you in a boat in the storm, right? But literally, they are just as safe in that boat as if they had been in their beds at home. And that's, maybe that's why Jesus was asleep. It was to make that exact point. What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of something that cannot take your soul? Fear is perhaps the primary emotion of unbelief because it demonstrates that our hearts are in doubt that God can do what He's promised to do. And so to be clear again, God has not promised us as Christians an easy life free from storms, free from struggles, free from trials. He's not promised us that. And there's not some way that you can manipulate God into making your life easier. That's not the point. That's not what this faith is about. What He has promised to do is to deliver His people from the hurricane of sin and shame and death. And one day, He will end all the other storms completely. Now, He has the power to do things right now, to fix certain things. You can ask Him anything you want. Absolutely, you should. Because you love Him and you trust Him. But that's not what He's promised to deal with right now. There's a beautiful picture in Revelation 4 of the throne room of God. And I want to read just a, a short part, part of verse 6. It says, Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. So if you kind of imagine what that might look like. <clears throat> and a sea of glass like crystal. I mean, that's a beautiful image, Right? If you asked AI to like paint you a picture of what that looks like, it would be beautiful. But more than that, the water is perfectly still. There are no waves. There are no tides. You understand in the Bible, the sea always means chaos. And God is promising peace, one day, peace. A perfectly still sea. No waves, no wind, no storms. Perfect peace. But first, Jesus needs to prepare His disciples for living in the middle of the storm before that time comes. Because what I believe is that 
this story about Jesus calming the storm is really about Jesus preparing his disciples for his death and resurrection. Jesus is going to tell them, and we'll see this over the next several weeks, he's going to tell them several times, I'm going to die and rise again. He, he tells them that this is going to happen, but they, they don't get it. Because if they did, then they wouldn't have reacted the way they did. Because when Jesus actually does die, all the disciples freak out and, and they go into hiding. And they were afraid and they were confused. And probably they're thinking, does God not care? Why is Jesus dying? Even though Jesus had told them his plans, they didn't accept it. And the whole time that Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was showing them just how much he cared. But in that moment, they saw it as loss and failure because their perspective was limited. So what storm are you in right now? Yes, Jesus can calm it if he wants to, when he wants to. But more importantly, Jesus invites you to trust him. To trust that he has told you the destination, that he has promised to be with you, and that he has the power to follow through on that in his time. And if that's not enough, when you're tempted to doubt His love, I would invite you to look again at the cross. Because only my God, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was willing to sail into the storm that we call sin and death alone for us. And if you believe this, then every storm that you're living through becomes an opportunity to give God glory. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Your Word is powerful. And we believe, I believe that You choose to use Your words in Scripture to change our lives and what you've said to us this morning in this story about faith is an invitation for us to trust you. Even in the most difficult places, in the most difficult times of our life. And there are some people in this room going through some tough things. And we want to be there for each other. We want to pray for each other. We want to support each other any way that we can. But Ultimately, what we need to hear most is that you're with us. You will never leave nor forsake us. And one day, someday, you will come and you will wipe away every tear from every eye. Death will be no more. Neither will cry nor pain nor sickness. All of it will be gone. That's the destination. Help us to trust you in the journey. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together.